0: Have you tried my new favorite cocktail? Anytime Spritz is a new farm to can cocktail company that I've been drinking, well, anytime I wanna drink. Their cocktails have a transparent
1: ingredient list and they're all farm fresh products that I can pronounce and have in my kitchen. So I feel good about what alcohol I'm putting in my body. They use an organic vodka because why aren't we all drinking organic alcohol and 100% real fruits and herbs.
0: I feel like there's a bartender in my house who just distilled fresh organic vodka and then picked fruit from a garden and made me a cocktail to go. If you want a cocktail that's flavorful, not too sweet, and fresh, try Anytime Spritz.
1: Bring it to your next dinner party or for your next outdoor adventure. Find your closest store or order it online at www.anytimespritz.com.
0: I cannot wait because late when we finish recording... We are going off to a little journey that I have been dying for for quite a long time. Meeting my daughter at the playground? (laughs) (laughs) I do actually always need to be meeting your daughter at the playground. And I love when my Paloma Wool girls come on the world tour to New York City.
1: And I have never been because I'm not normally a Paloma Wool girl. So I'm going as a cultural anthropologist.
0: I have gone to almost everyone (laughs) and I showed Ruby my DMs. (laughs) she's not only gone to everyone, she's
1: DM them in advance, asking them to bring something incredibly specific, which um,
0: (laughs) that's not true. I say, will this be at the pop up? And they're always like, yes, exclamation point. And I'm like, great, I'm coming. Or they're like, no, unfortunately not. And I'll be like, oh, okay, we'll see you soon. But yeah, every single time, it's just like every six months when they come, it's me being like, hello, will this item be there? Okay, but you're
1: smart because you set yourself up for success there. I'm always like, oh, Just go and then I'm disappointed when they don't have what I need.
0: You're I look ahead online, I plan out what I think that I want, and then I bring someone along with me who can help me judge if it is a good purchase or a bad purchase, and you will be doing that today for me. I'm so ready.
1: Hi, I'm Ruby Redstone. I'm a fashion historian writer, and I'm sad to say that this is
0: the last episode of this season of Covered. And I'm Natalie Brennan. I'm a podcast producer, a writer. And I'm also really sad that this is our last episode of this season of Covered. But an even bigger fashion history moment is about to happen because Ruby's about to bring a new perfect little angel into the world.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it it won't happen on the podcast, but when we return, (laughs) I'll I'll have some news for you guys. This is Covered, a show about our favorite moments in fashion history.
0: This week, the Cardigan twin set.
1: Um, happy sweater season.
0: Happy sweater season, my scholar. I dressed up today as one of my favorite sweater icons, Mucha Prada. There's this quote that I love from her. Now my last love is a white pleated cotton skirt and a blue sweater.
1: Oh my God, same, Mucha. She's perfect. <laughs> she's just perfect. And I feel like for me, it's probably a navy pleated skirt and a gray sweater. But, you know, I I understand that she's into the white skirt right now.
0: I'm actually on the hunt for a pleated skirt, if you have recs. So I've been looking up Combe de Garcon old yeah. skirts, yeah? Is that those the are like
1: my favorites. And then I also love Le Kilt, which is this Scottish company that I'm obsessed with, and they make traditional kilts, but like... From our very first episode. Yeah, exactly, but with really um, fashion-y details. Perfect. Yeah, you're going to like it. Back to sweaters. <laughs> I love sweaters and knitwear in general, but I always always, always feel like I front load my sweaters too much the second it gets cold. And then come February, I feel like I never want to look at them again, which is really unfortunate because in New York, you need a sweater with your outfit through like at least April.
0: At least. I feel like I get by this a little bit by sticking to navy and whites in fall and early winter and then reds and whites in late winter and spring. Okay,
1: I like that. My goal this year was just to like, honestly, it sounds bad and kind of against what I usually go for, but was just to like buy more sweaters (laughs) because (laughs) I have a tendency to get super fixated on one sweater. Like it wasn't anything expensive, but last year I wore the same like $100 gray wool sweater from Scotland for four months straight. And then Yeah. By March, I was like, I want to light this sweater on fire. And then I saw it again in October and I was like, yay, my sweater. (laughs) But I was like, okay, this year, babe, you need to have at least like three or four different options. Like it can't always be the damn gray sweater. Yeah. Three or four options for sweaters. This is just like a fun fashion historian theory here, but I feel like sweaters are somehow more deeply connected to memory than other garments. I've had two people close to me pass away in recent years, and I've taken items from both their closets, and nothing has ever felt as emotional to me as wearing their sweaters. I think because of the way sweaters are so much a part of everyday life, and also because of the actual weaving together of stories and life and yarn that happens. And like general coziness too, I guess.
0: I love that theory. I really agree with this. Perhaps it's also because a sweater is, dare I say, the sartorial hug. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like swept up in it. But no, I'm very attached to other people's sweaters for sure. My dad had this perfect blue sweater. And when I was home, I mean, I steal all of his clothes, but I asked, I'm very conscious now of like, do you still wear this? If you do, I won't steal it. And so- this blue sweater in particular, I was like, can I have it? Or are you still wearing it? And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I actually do really still wear that one. And I was like, okay, fair. I won't take it. And the next time I came home, it was waiting on my bed for me. That's so
1: cute. I know, sweetest man. Somehow dad sweaters are even better than boyfriend sweaters. (laughs) R.I.P. Freud. You'll always (laughs) be famous. But I don't even mean that in (laughs) an inappropriate way. It just feels more pure, you know? It is more pure. It's so
0: pure. (laughs)
1: But you're right, there's also this element of handicraft that stays around a lot longer in knitwear because we see way more hand-knit sweaters than we do hand-sewn shirts or something like that.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Sweaters are emotional. Now that you've got me on this topic, I'm like, I have this very beautiful white sweater that I struggle to wear because it reminds me so much of one of my last relationships. And I don't feel that way about a lot of other pieces of clothing in my wardrobe. The sweater is intimate. Is this our next book, Sweaters in Memory?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and once again,
1: that's what we mean by being historians. Yeah, should we be actual historians now? Yeah,
0: let's cover it. Let's cover it. Time to cover up. Time to cover up.
1: To- On the roof of the Hotel Shelburne in New York, a contest to choose the national sweater queen of 1949 gets into full swing. Molly's sweater
0: and tartan slacks are a new shopping vogue, while Jean is in the market for a lot of attention with a contrasting twin set. Mayfair miss, Liz Hamilton hits the gossip column with mink at her neck and cuffs. A girl's second best friend, links is a daring touch to the high-buttoned afternoon sweater. Now, we've heard that the men don't care much for fashion stories, so will each wife in the audience please
1: lean over and cover up her husband's eyes?
0: A pert line in Park Lane is added by a girl who likes a change from Sloppy Joe's occasionally and gets it with an elastic-waisted casual jacket. It's smart, but easy on the pocket. The winner is sweet Georgia Lee. Okay, hubby
1: can look now. Here come the sports. Here come the sports. Okay, so today we're talking about a very specific style of sweater, the cardigan, and we'll actually get into what a twin set means a little bit later. I feel like most people know what a cardigan is, but for the sake of clarity, we'll just say up top that a cardigan is a sweater that buttons up the front. Button core. I love buttons. (laughs) Um, And actually, it is kind of important to note this because the very first cardigan isn't a button up sweater at all. So unfortunately for us, the history of the cardigan starts with yet another war.
0: Ruby and I literally tried to dodge any war history for the sake of sanity right now, but history, and thus the history of fashion, is very entangled in war.
1: It's okay, though, because we only have a teeny tiny bit of war to talk about here, Um, which is that the term cardigan is coined in the 1850s when James Brudenell, the Earl of Cardigan, leads troops in the Crimean War wearing what he calls a cardigan. Sorry, the Earl of Cardigan? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the earl of sandwich situation if you know that one cardigan is a county in wales but obviously now if you say cardigan people are going to assume you mean the sweater and not the small county
0: i am holding my tongue to try and keep us on track but i might need <laughs> us to loop back to the earl of sandwich wait you don't know
1: the earl of sandwich
0: no when i'm presented with a sandwich i don't ask any questions <laughs> that's valid um
1: well this is one of those history legends that's obviously fake, but apparently sandwiches were invented because the Earl of Sandwich was addicted to playing cards. And he asked his chef to make him a food he could eat without getting his hands dirty and that wouldn't interrupt his card playing. So the chef made him roast beef between two slices of bread.
0: That is so funny. I ate the same sandwich basically every single day went from when I was in like kindergarten to like graduating high school. And I, one of like the most vivid things I remember that I feel so gunty about, and I have since apologized to my mom about, but I remember literally coming home from school one day and looking at my mom dead in the eyes and being like, when I open up my sandwich, I want to see me. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I was like, <laughs> You're the load it up Sandwich. I was like, let's load it up. What, it was roast beef
1: in that sandwich? No, no way. It was okay. definitely
0: turkey. But like some days I would open it, it would be like two slices. And I was like, I'm a growing girl. Oh my God. You don't know what they were going through. Maybe <laughs> your mom's
1: like, all, all we have right now is two little pieces of turkey. <laughs> no, now that I know what she was doing for me, I'm like the horror. But anyway. Also, that's very, um, I've, I've been obsessed with talking about this with my friend Julia. That's very like only child coded behavior because both of us have siblings. And then we're like, there are things we do that are only child coded though. Yes. And yelling at your one. that there isn't (laughs) enough meat in the sandwich. Correct. (laughs) That's only child coded. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I also just had to do a cursory Google to see what time period the sandwich legend was meant to take place in. And that was the fourth Earl of Sandwich in 1762, and that is just insane because obviously meat and bread is like one of the first foods that any society will invent when they start farming,
0: Um, but whatever. I'm like, thank God I live in a post-Earl of Sandwich society.
1: But people were eating sandwiches from the the dawn of time, so,
0: you know, I'm... (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But anyway, the Earl of
1: Cardigan thing is kind of similar to the Earl of Sandwich because apparently James Rudinell, the Earl of Cardigan, burnt the tails of his military coat off by the fire one night and then he's left with a cropped waistcoat that buttons up the front, which he starts calling the cardigan. So funny that it was just like, Well, that actually looks pretty good. (laughs) The issue with this cardigan story is that it is literally identical to the story of the Spencer jacket, which is a cropped military jacket that had become popular like 50 years prior to the cardigan. I guess what the Earl of Cardigan does have going for him is that he's horrible and vain, and he wants all his soldiers to get new uniforms so that they can rep his cardigan invention. Let's go! (laughs) Yeah. So it does give the cardigan more lasting power than the Spencer jacket. And I guess for the Earl of Cardigan, his only other claim to fame is that he led the Charge of the Light Brigade, which was an infamous military disaster, so I guess he's happy to just be known for his sweaters now. Throughout the second half of the 1800s, the cardigan, in its crop jacket form, becomes a staple for workmen, particularly nautical laborers, since it was pretty practical to have a top that wouldn't get snagged on things, like your coattails wouldn't get caught on stuff, and you could unbutton it if you got hot.
0: I, too, love to unbutton my sweater if I get hot. <laughs>
1: At the same time, Victorian women have lots of different little knit shawls and wrap tops that they wear in various situations. And these start to look more like what we would call a cardigan today. They actually look um, exactly like what my sister calls a depression cardigan, (laughs) which is an extra long slouchy cardigan that you wear unbuttoned just to mope around in.
0: Oh, when you're suffering depression, not from the depression era.
1: No, yeah, (laughs) lowercase d depression. Oh, I know my depression (laughs) cardigan well. Anyway, in kind of a weird twist, these two ideas of what a cardigan could be, either a workman's jacket or a little knit shawl, start to merge in the late 1910s, and cardigans become these utilitarian sweater jacket hybrids. You could wear them to work out in, or to play tennis in, or just to spice up your outfit. And it's a garment for all genders. I love that. Uh, Yeah. Coco Chanel includes a lot of cardigans in her early designs, which gives us yet another example of working-class clothing being reappropriated as part of high-end design. She kind of tries to take credit for popularizing the cardigan, but it was already everywhere at this point. She's such a pain in the ass.
0: It's so funny that you say that because when I was doing my research, literally one of the first things I saw was like, and Coco Chanel popularized the cardigan for women. And I was like, when? No, she's such a liar. (laughs) Honestly, though, I don't even know if that one's her fault. Yeah, (laughs) right. That's true. I guess I can really picture when I picture like one of the most high fashion cardigans that I could picture. I guess it is the classic like Chanel print. Yeah. I don't like that print, but I can picture it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then what starts happening as we move further into the 1900s? So come 1930, the cardigan
1: splits in two again, if you will, much like it's buttoned up nature and kind of like the twin set it's about to become. But it's also sort of a feminism, choose your own adventure situation.
0: Okay, love. What are my two (laughs)
1: options? (laughs) Okay, so on one hand, you get a certain set of privileged American girls who are going to college for the first time, and they start adopting some of the styles that college boys were already wearing, which included a
0: cardigan. Yeah, totally. Can picture it. Yep. These girls caused a scene. I'm like, I too went to college and started wearing boys' (laughs) cardigans.
1: (laughs) These girls caused a scene in the Northeastern college community because their cardigans were purposefully loose-fitting and slumpy. They were actually called slopping Joes in fashion media. (laughs) Yes, because apparently their outfits for school didn't show off their feminine figures enough.
0: I will stand up for these girls and say that it is a canon event for a girl to go to college and start wearing a sloppy oversized sweater. Oh, my God. Yes. It was making me laugh
1: reading about this because it was reminding me of how annoying college students can be. Yeah. Like, obviously, yay for feminism. And especially in this time when it was challenging to yay. make these statements. Yay for
0: feminism.
1: <laughs> yay. Yay. But at the same time, I kind of feel for the moms who sent their daughters to college with a cute little wardrobe, and then the daughters come back in these hideous cardigans.
0: Yeah, I'm sure my mom would agree that (laughs) it's a traumatic (laughs)
1: moment. I literally remember coming back from my first year of university with these two nubby mustard yellow sweaters, and my mom was like, please get rid of those. They're so unflattering. And I was like, mom, these are not meant to be flattering. They're ironic, and they're also referencing like 70s college culture. And now I look at pictures and I'm like, damn, those are some really ugly sweaters. It was ugly.
0: Um, I think that one of the only times that I personally experience gender dysphoria is when I'm putting on a sweater sometimes because they are so not meant for boobs. Yes. And, like, you want it to look oversized without swallowing you, but, like, they did not. And let me tell you, the Earl of Cardigan was not worried about how the cardigan was going to lay on boobs.
1: No, and it's, like, the constant problem. My sister just sent me a really funny meme of a woman panicking, and it was, like, when once again your boobs
0: don't match your outfit. such a bummer. (laughs) It's such a bummer. (laughs) Except for, I will say, and we'll get into this probably later, but the buttons do actually really help because if I just button the top part and then leave open, like, a little bit of an A-line it helps kind of play with some form
1: i agree and also like as your mood changes throughout the day you can (laughs) kind of yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway of course it doesn't take long for fashion to end up coming full circle on these um sloppy joes and just 10 years later french designers like kenzo and chloe are showing what they call sloppy sophistication inspired by american college students
0: justice for these girls thank you chloe I know. And it's like, you know, I think it's a tough
1: thing because
0: it's a small statement. It's a big
1: statement. It kind of gets into the more difficult history of clothing there. That was it that important that they wore these hideous sweaters? Maybe, maybe not. not.
0: Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I don't really
1: care. (laughs) Um, In kind of the opposite vein to our slopping Joes at home, we have the cardigan twin set happening in the UK. The iconic knitwear company Pringle of Scotland, which still exists today, they make fabulous sweaters, claims to have invented the twin set in the 1930s. And the original twin set was a knit collared cardigan that comes with a knit sleeveless top that goes underneath it.
0: For the boys at home, when we say the twin set, what we mean is a knit collared cardigan that comes with almost an identical knit sleeveless top to go underneath it. Were they always in the same color? Yeah. Great. And it's so cute. It's adorable. Yeah. Anything that comes together in the same color I'm here for. Same.
1: It immediately becomes popular with the Hollywood set rather than the collegiate set. And by the 1950s, you see Audrey Hepburn and Grace Kelly wearing twin sets all the time. These twin sets are obviously more sexy than the collegiate cardigans because they're form-fitting, but I also think there is a real appeal in the utility of the twin set too. It's a top and a sweater, and you don't have to worry about matching them or about one part of the combination being bulkier than the other. They're made to go together.
0: To me, it really feels like an uh, a kind of timeless age evolution too of like that I can relate to a lot now of when you're in college trying to figure out your rebellious fashion statements and where you fit in and then I actually you get a little bit older and you're like this looks good
1: yeah I just want <laughs> something that looks good this looks good <laughs> and I can put on without thinking too much about it yeah This is just a little side note, but I recently got obsessed with this woman called Helen Bond Carruthers who lived in Versailles, Kentucky, (laughs) Um, which that is how you pronounce it. It is Versailles. It's not Versailles. As someone who once had to live in Kentucky, I can tell you. True. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Helen Bond Carruthers would buy these cashmere cardigans and twin sets and then tailor them to be more fitted and cropped. Like she would give them little bracelet sleeves or bring the waist in. And then she would hand bead these incredible designs across the entire sweater, like hundreds of types of flowers or a full image of a Japanese pagoda with a pond of koi fish. And I'll include a picture in the show notes because they're just the best cardigans ever. And I'm completely obsessed now. Celebrities were also obsessed. Elizabeth Taylor bought dozens of them, apparently. Whoa.
0: And are they on the vintage market?
1: They are, but they're like 400 plus dollars a piece, which,
0: you know, I mean, I guess not bad for... Something so historical, but at
1: the same time. But a lot for a novelty cardigan, because they're very novelty. I'm
0: not looking to buy at that level right now. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Thanks to Hollywood culture and their built-in utility, twin sets are all over in the 1950s and 60s. They disappear for a bit in the 70s. We kind of see like a different knitwear fad that I'm sure most people can picture. And then in the 80s and 90s, the twin set returns as the ultimate preppy piece.
0: And now we end up firmly in the present day where we could talk about Miu Miu Fall Winter 2023 twin sets.
1: Yes, I've been dying to talk about this. That's basically the whole reason we had to walk through the history <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the twin sets so that we could talk about Miu Miu
0: again. <laughs> These are back. They're everywhere. Yeah. People are really obsessed I think with ready to wear like from it's a full outfit. You don't yes. have to really think. It looks cute, you're on trend. And you threw it right on from your hanger where they both, the tank top and the sweater over it, sit together. Yeah.
1: And then I also think there's like a slightly maybe more hopeful or just like interesting association, which is when we look at those multiple types of kind of feminist fashion discourse that are contained within the twin set, Miu Miu has always had this like, You've, like we talked about in our Mew Mew episode, kind of younger sister rebellious energy. And I loved seeing that this season combined with like the disheveled, sexy secretary look. It's yes. not even my favorite Mew Mew collection as a whole, but like there's just a lot there that I feel like I haven't even finished unpacking and I love seeing the super sheer twin set because it's like oh you took this really dowdy preppy thing and made it super sexy but then there's also a really thick one that goes with the little cotton underwear exactly I, that's yeah. the
0: one that I'm looking at that is my favorite look in this collection again as always it's in an ugly green yeah <laughs> we're back yes. to the ugly green, the of, our, green. <laughs> of our of our Miu Prada episode I think we're going to start seeing a lot more mainstream celebrities in the little knit cable underwears over their tights. Oh yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be really big this season. It is the season and for the
1: little knit undies. Listen, <laughs> I can't wait to rock it. <laughs> oh my god. You know that I'm like you. This is you my do. look.
0: You do. I know, but I don't know how it's going to work with my butt. I don't know that I could just have my butt out and around. Okay, this has
1: been a long standing argument between my sister and I because she's like, due to your body type, you will not be sexually harassed if you don't wear pants. She was like, if I don't wear pants, it's like I might as well just, you know.
0: I'm like a man already hugged <laughs> me on the Street today, and <laughs> no, I let him.
1: No, 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 no. I'm like, I cannot be wearing pants. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I'm like, most things inarguably look better on my sister, but I'm like, I am the,
0: the cat going proof body type. And that's not, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> But yeah, I am trend casting that. We're going to be seeing a lot of tights and knit underwear looking pieces over the tights, which of course we see in high fashion a bunch, especially from Mucha Prada and Ruby Redstone and her, <laughs> her no pants. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to figure out how to make it work, even if that means just hosting dinner parties here. Maybe like a wool tight so
1: that it's a little more opaque, you know? That's not the problem. No, the problem is
0: that's, the, not, <laughs>
1: that's not the problem. Okay, then I think the problem is that you need to just go for it.
0: I'm just going to go for it and I'm going to Uber everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Uber budget is going up. But the pants <laughs> budget is going down. It's going down. down. <laughs> Although, speaking of my tights i did something right before you arrived which i was like oh my god if only she saw me right now i cut the sides of the elastic band on my tights because i cannot handle being in something so sucked in oh no i i fully understand that let's go (laughs) (laughs) um i am feeling very inspired by this collection though now not only i think now, I need what they should call a triplet set, and that I would like the sweater to match the tank top to match the underwear. Oh, that's cute. Now, that's good.
1: Okay, well, I feel like we're just like moments away from someone selling that, right? Yeah. Now. Oh, wait, no, they do. That brand Rosette that makes the lace stuff, they also do a cami, a cardigan, and underwear. It already exists. See you soon, Rosette. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, also, there is just an absolute treasure trove of vintage J. Crew out there because J. Crew made probably millions of twin sets yeah. um, in their 90s and early 2000s heyday. And I must say, I got one last winter, immediately after I saw the Mimu Miu show. I was like, I have been waiting on this moment. <laughs> you I have love, been. I love a cardigan. I'm a cardigan addict. And then I was like, I have just been absolutely waiting in the wings for the twin set to not be lame anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I went straight to Poshmark, ordered a twin set. It's like a little polka dot twin set from J. Crew, And I wore it almost every day this spring because it is true you just don't have to think it's like oh it's warm it's woolly but like it's cute no it's so good yeah
0: it's so good well now I'm feeling also very um, inspired by Helen Bond Caruthers yeah in that I think we need to be decorating our sweaters a bit
1: yeah I think we
0: should start beating our sweaters I'm picturing myself going down less of the beaded route, but I would love to be inscribing my sweaters with a little bit of hand embroidery. Oh, that's good too. I mean, these were like, you know, she embroiders the beads on,
1: so you could just do it with regular thread.
0: Is there any other, where else do you find yourself uh, inching towards in the sweater department? I'm a very big fan of Agnes B sweaters. Mm. Um, They are the snap button cardigans. I'm sure you've seen them on Instagram, on Depop. They became very popular about two or three years ago. The snaps almost have like a pearl-esque snap to them. Yeah. What and do you call that
1: type of... It's literally just like a pearlized button, but a snap. Yeah. Yeah. It's super um, satisfying.
0: They come in most primary colors. Yeah. Though I feel like now I see
1: like so many versions yeah. of it. I saw a really cute baby pink one recently. Oh, interesting. Like, okay, that's the first one that's actually appealed to me. Oh, fascinating.
0: <laughs> I wear my red one literally all the time. I find it really comfortable. I have to do some research though to see if Agnes B has ever put out a twin set. I feel like they probably have because they they're
1: very French prep. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure there's a little tank top that goes with and I will be searching for one, correct? Uh, my favorite cardigans, well, Come to Your Sound does great ones because they collaborate with Scottish wool and mills, and they actually do both the 40s-style cardigan and from America and the cute little sexy <laughs> twin sets. Perfect. Perfect. And I also love Leo Rosa, which is an artist duo who makes sweaters. I think they're from Belgium, but don't quote me on that. And they're just these like super perfect thin merino wool sweaters that come in really crazy colors, but it's just like the perfect tight cardigan.
0: Oh, that's perfect. My favorite, one of my favorite cardigans you introduced me to through...
1: Oh yeah, Fifi Shashneil,
0: Fifi Shashneil, which... Did you see who was in one of their cardigans lately? No. Your favorite Nepo baby alien. Oh, oh, Iris Law? Iris Law. Oh my God. she. They would. had well, her. And you know what? Don't give Iris Law the free Fifi shield. She can pay for it. Exactly. Give me <laughs> the free Fifi
1: shield because I can't pay for it. They did this box last Christmas that was like you were going to get a customized box of their products every month of the year. Stop. And it was like, you know, a little Fifi Advent. And I was like, oh my God. God, I'm going to tell Gabriel to get me this, and then he was like three thousand euros. Sure. <laughs>
0: and I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> but I am seeing they have a tw- they have a twin set. Oh yeah, they do great twin sets,
1: yeah. and they do matching underwear too. So I guess they've already we've already we've identified a market that already exists.
0: Yeah, but I want one that won't make me poor. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> okay, we'll work on that.
0: Um, my last plug for the Fifi Neil. Cardigan is that it also has this very delicate little bow that trims the top of the sweater, which checks off so many of my boxes. Yeah. I bet the underwear do too. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: all cute.
0: When it comes to sweaters, sweaters are something that I am ready to just buy online without a lot of worry about sizing. Oh yeah, same. Because it kind of doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. You'll make it work. And so I actually think it is rich for a Depop pop second hand real real market.
1: Yeah, and you can get if you're you know someone who cares about a big label, you can get designer sweaters for such a great discount, barely worn on places like the Real Real. Versus, I would not spend you know the in store price for a Miu Miu sweater. Right. Yeah. And when it's also like those things wear down really nicely, so it's going to look essentially good as new after ten years if you haven't beaten it up.
0: Where would you say that your sweater color palette lies?
1: Okay, I
0: actually just reorganized my sweaters, so uh-huh. I can answer
1: this very clearly. Great. They are almost all, I think, unsurprisingly, um, pink, pink, red, brown, gray, and black.
0: Oh, we actually really align on that. Yeah. I don't have pink, but I am. Um, I would say I'm blue, black, brown, red, white. Yeah. Those are the colors, bibs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: something versatile, something festive, and then something that's like, I just don't want to be wearing like a gray sweater today.
0: I've always really been intrigued in a, a pastel pink sweater because I still really want to dye my hair pink at some point.
1: Oh, you should. But that's I've got your... a lot of hair and it's really dark. Yeah, it's going to be a long road, but I maybe know. that's your winter look. Oh.
0: Oh my god! I'm so excited. (laughs) And then listen to this. That would be a four-piece set because then I would have the pink hair, the matching sweater, the matching set, the underwear. That's all I'd be wearing. Oh my god! I would never (laughs) wear another thing again. (laughs) That's
1: so cute. (laughs) I'm about to start crying. I really want you to do that. I used to dye my hair pink every winter for like, actually, maybe since high school. I think everyone has to try it once. I know, you that's have what to, I yeah. think. I'm like,
0: everyone who has the interests that we have at some point probably wants to dye their hair pink, and I think mine is coming. Yeah. Stay tuned.
1: As two professional internet searchers, we found some perfect cardigans just for you. We've linked our recs in our show notes, or you can visit covered.substack.com.
0: But before we head out, it's time
1: for the accessory. Just like your favorite J.Crew twin set or depression cardigan, right before we leave, we'll be adding on one more thing, just for fun.
0: Let me tell you, it's never fun when you have to put on the depression (laughs) cardigan. It's not. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Ruby Redstone, I have a very special question for you today. I hear that you've been working very hard on a gift guide. (sighs) Yeah. And I (laughs) want to know what your gifting philosophy is for the holidays.
1: I love giving presents. I love
0: yes. giving presents.
1: <laughs> and I was just talking to my sister yesterday. And I was like, literally, what could be better than just thinking that from now through the rest of December, I get to buy someone a little gift almost every single day if I play my cards right. I already ordered stocking stuffers. Sweet. I have mom coded. I have a list in my notes app of what people are getting for Christmas so I don't forget. It's adorable. <laughs> And I'm just loving it. And this year, you know what I'm doing, which I think has taken the pressure off because it's Easy to feel like you need a really big budget to get gifts right. for everyone in your life. This year, I'm like, I'm actually going just like little gifty things, like yeah. a nice little tin of sweets in a pretty box. Who wouldn't want to get that? No, a it's little hair a good clip, idea. like those are the kind of gifts that I love the most. I'm never like, oh my gosh, I feel great that someone like blew their whole budget to buy this amazing. I mean, I would love that, but <laughs> <laughs> right. but it would make me feel guilty as well. So I'm like, this year I'm just embracing like the actual. Giftiness of gifts.
0: Yes, I like that. I've been doing handmade gifts for a while too. Yeah. I think the best gift that I've ever given, my dad like bawled. He was so oh. happy about <laughs> it. it. Was a big difference between Ruby and I is that my family. My dad kind of wants to get a family tattoo, and I'm really anti, but Ruby's dad wants to get a family tattoo, and she's pretty no, pro. No, no,
1: I want the family <laughs> tattoo.
0: No one else in the family wants okay. it. I
1: want the family tattoo. Ruby's down for a
0: family <laughs> tattoo. I'm less down for a family tattoo. And But my dad, when he heard that I really want to get a little heart tattoo, he was like, great, well, I'll get a little heart tattoo. And I was kind <laughs> of so like, cute. I don't know about that. So instead, for Christmas two years ago, I got everyone the same, just like Hanes, long sleeve, gray shirt. And then I embroidered a little heart tattoo on a different part of the arm for everyone in like the scattered way that people like to get little tattoos on their arms. That is so freaking cute. He wears it all the time and sends me just a little photo of the embroidered heart on his sleeve.
1: Yeah. We did all handmade last year, which was really fun, except my sister is not very crafty. And she was like, "Does." thinking of vintage stuff that people would like count. And we're like, well, nobody wants something that you've crafted. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, so for you, for yes. you yeah, <laughs> Actually, it does.
1: But this year I was like, with a newborn, I might not want to be doing the, you know, um, no. eight different types of cookies in the homemade cookie tin and the knitted stuff, and which I love making. But I'm just going easy on myself this year. You're getting, you know, cute. Little things. Little things. I
0: think that's really sweet. I think some other ideas for listeners are... In this bow economy, capitalize on it. Oh my God. It's like the cheapest way to just get a thing of ribbon and you can really tie bows on anything and turn them into a gift. Yes. Most people would go wild for it right now. (laughs) I would. My trick of the season is that Leila Gohar, Gohar World has this very adorable apron right now. It's a mini sized apron that fits on a wine bottle. And so I've been gifting people a bottle of wine and then putting the little apron on it.
1: It's dark. It's so cute. And you know what? It, it gets even better because I was just on her website doing some gift guide research. You can now get people's initials embroidered on the apron, which is ridiculous. You were gonna do
0: it anyway. I was gonna do it anyway, but I'm actually glad I didn't.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's more versatile for the wine. It's more you... <laughs> versatile. Why would the wine need
0: my initials on it? But as we're having this conversation, I just thought, what about a little tiny pearl necklace on a wine oh bottle? Oh my
1: god. <laughs> And you know what? I weirdly have all these um, baby-sized pearl bracelets I made. Yes, you do. (laughs) So uh, those are going to go on some wine. That's genius. It's genius.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of my philosophy for the season is like grab something that makes your life easy and then put a personal touch on it. Like print a wine label. I've had friends print wine labels and just put it on a bottle that they get. And like, then that's a really beautiful thing to keep in your apartment too. Like they have them on the mantle with flowers in them. I just think that there's like good ways to add small touches and make your life easier. That don't cost a lot. Yeah, Love it. (laughs) I like that philosophy. It sounds like we're aligned. Yeah,
1: 100%. And I always circle back to, I forget who came up with it, but there's some theory that I love from some, I think it's like a Dutch graphic designer who said that you should never make a piece of paper that people will want to throw away and as you, as a designer your goal should be like everyone should want to hold on to every single thing you make and i feel like it's the same for gift giving like you shouldn't even wrap up a gift in something that'll get thrown in the trash i want every part to
0: feel special Ugh. if not expensive and that is because you were blessed with good handwriting
1: uh that is so i worked at it though
0: I was born with
1: bad handwriting. Because I've
0: got bad (laughs) handwriting. And every time I see you write a menu or like a little card, I'm like, well, goddamn, that's
1: artwork. This is a constant issue in my household, too, because my sister has really bad handwriting. And if she writes a note, it looks like a serial killer wrote it.
0: No, it's always eldest daughter, (laughs) good handwriting, younger daughter, can't get the handwriting right. (laughs) It really is. You brought it to mind. <laughs>
1: Exactly. The Mew Mew girl would have bad handwriting. Duh.
0: You think I have patience to trace <laughs> handwriting? Like my older sister did? No.
1: <laughs> no. Okay, wait. Before we go, I feel like we have to say thank you to everyone who listened to this season because this has honestly been just joy. the best. Yeah, the biggest joy of this has been getting wonderful responses from people and being able to make this and have people enjoy it. And I just feel so lucky that we got to share it with everyone
0: yeah it really means so much getting uh little notes about how much everyone's enjoyed it and me and ruby make this because we really love making it and what a gift that other people have found enjoyment in it too
1: yeah so you know this this holiday season share covered with a friend if you feel like it
0: (laughs) and season two is going to be bigger and better than ever it will be we've already been scheming up some really fun ideas yeah and so we
1: can't wait to see you guys in 2024 see you soon Thanks for listening to Covered.
0: Covered is hosted by me, Ruby Redstone. And hosted and produced by me, Natalie Brennan.
1: Our artwork is by Gabriel Summer.
0: Our music is by Ada Noel.
1: You can find me on Instagram at Ruby Redstone, and my newsletter, Old Fashioned, is available on Patreon.
0: I am Nuba Balenciaga on Instagram, and my newsletter, ISO, is on Substack. All of our links are in the show notes. Okay, I think we're all covered. We're all covered. All covered. All covered. All covered. Well, almost. Well, almost. Well, almost. My love wants slower. <laughs> I really thought that was
1: slow. Too. Okay. As two professional internet searchers, we have found some perfect
0: corsets just for you. It wasn't any slower, but I'm going to take it. I'm okay. Oh, no, with no, no. I can do it slower. Nope. I can do it slower. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> 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 hey! Hi! Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hi. I mean, it's a tale as old as time that, no, I don't know. I don't have anything to say. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I have to admit that I committed a cardinal sin last week. What'd you do? I wore my flats on the beach. No, I knew you would. I knew. I took them <laughs> to Malibu. and I wore my flats on the beach. Do you like hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about spaghetti?
1: Biggity. <laughs> 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 and tailor them to be more fitted and cropped. She would crop the sleeves, especially to give them little bracelet sleeves. Slut. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then she would hand bead all these incredible,
0: <laughs> when you see the picture, you, when you, can see you see the picture. picture.
1: <laughs> I don't think she would like, she was like a lady who lunched.
0: Yeah, okay, sorry lady.
1: <laughs> They're made to go together.
0: Yes, they are. <laughs> no, I don't know <laughs> Let me try and think of something. Um, this is what happens is when this we this don't script. Is- Oh no! I still have all of that. I just needed the one line where I you don't call her an S. Yeah. I mean I do, but I won't. What noise does a doggy make? What about a cow? (laughs) Wait, let me get a level on you real quick. Did you eat
1: lunch? I did. Um, I made this pickle soup. Pickle soup?
0: Mama, that's mama. And who's over here? Papa. And who's this? Hella. And what's mommy having? Baby. That's a wrap! And I think my computer just died. So <laughs> perfect.
1: Ooh, oh.
0: We did it.
1: Oh my god. Congrats. Yay. Love
0: you. Love you. We freaking did it. Let's go celebrate. Okay. Now okay. we're all covered. Now okay. we're all covered. Now.